Today, we are talking about love versus fear. So what we have going on typically is a battle that seems to be never ending. And it's an internal battle that gets reinforced by society outside of us, basically validating our fears all the time. And when we have an accumulation of fear, it turns into habitual toxic practices that are going to guarantee your stagnancy. It's also going to decrease significantly your prosperity. So when I look at my clients, I look at myself, I look at my students, I, I look at my children. When I look at others, I can really tell when they are living within love and faith and positivity and when they're living by fear and ego and control. That toxic energy oozes out of people. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their exhaustion. You can see it in their tension. You can see it in their eyes. Even the eyes go kind of crazy and beady and, you know, there's just, there's just too much pent up in there. Why is that happening? Well, in a lot of ways, it's happening because it's generational. It's happening because we were trained into that system since we were small. We see it enforced in others who live that way and keep the company of the like-minded. It's sort of like saying, you know, misery loves company. So when we talk about like misery loves company or law of attraction, like attracts like, you know, people that are miserable, people that are overly focused on their money, people that are fearful, people that are into conspiracy theories, people that are kind of off the rails, right? And there are degrees to this, of course. They cluster because the last thing anybody wants if they're a fear-based individual habitually choosing it, the last thing they want is to be confronted. The last thing they want, and they will go to great lengths to escape it, is to have to go inward, to be introspective, to take ownership of that, responsibility for that, and to change their ways. So they will cluster together, they will multiply, they pass it down generation to generation. Okay, we are either making our decisions on a daily basis from a place of positivity, faith, and love, or from fear, ego, and control. There is nothing else. We don't come from anywhere else. So what I'm giving you guys to do as your homework after this, every day for the rest of your lives, is to stop daily and ask yourself, when you are confronted with a decision, am I making this decision from a place of love or a place of fear? We get into a habit of doing the wrong thing because it's human nature a lot of times. It's human nature to go with what's easy. It's human nature to come from a place of fear for self-protection purposes. But any bad habit can be undone and replaced with a positive habit. So I would say that if you even work on this for three consecutive weeks, you should see a drastic improvement. It's sort of like going on a diet, you know, or eating healthier. Cutting out sugar, that's a great example. At some point, you don't even want it anymore. At some point, it turns you off. At some point, just even to see it is like repelling. And you know if you eat it, it's going to send you into a downward spiral. So it has a snowball effect. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's easier just not to touch it. For anyone dealing with drug addiction, alcoholism, if you used to smoke, same idea. You do not take a drink. You do not light up again. You know it will suck you back in. 
So it gets a lot easier. Just stay away from that type of toxic thinking. All right, so today what we're going to do is examine the most common five things, five ways that I see people turning toward fear instead of love. This is based on my students, my clients, my own life experiences. We're going to go from five to one, one being the most common, the most potent, the one that everyone sees all around them every day. And then we're going to talk about solutions. Let's start with number five. Are you lacking forgiveness? This is what I want you to ask yourself. Now, a lot of people think that you need to be engaged somehow with the person who offended, hurt, or abused you in order to have that forgiveness, that you need an apology. And that is not the case. Now, forgiveness really has nothing to do with the other person. And I'm not going to come here today and ask you to pray for them. Let's, let's try to be realistic about where we are. It's not necessary for you to wish lavishly upon them happiness or things like this. I would suggest that when they come into your head, you remember what they've done. You wish for them consciousness, a better way. You, you wish that they see the light. You pray for them that they will see the light. That's it. Now, when we talk about forgiveness here at the academy or at church here with Roots Revival, we're always focused on you. This has nothing to do with them anymore. This has to do with you. The pain, the toxicity, the blocks that have accumulated within you need to be removed in order for you to receive blessings from the universe, level up in your life, and claim prosperity. There is a universal law that blocks you from that level of achievement when you have unforgiveness in your heart. Unforgiveness, bitterness, builds up like a toxic block. And that means that what comes out of you is minimal when we look at power. When we look at the amount of love and energy that you're putting out, it's minimal. You can't attract back until you have flow. So we clear this up. We get it out of you. This, again, has nothing to do with them. You wish them well. You let them go. You thank them for the lessons. And you move on immediately upon forgiving. Okay, you're going to see a huge change in your prosperity level. So I'm just going to run through these. Then we're going to talk about how to do it. Here's another thing I want you to look at with forgiveness, okay? Are you lacking forgiveness? You can't really trust in the universe to have your back when you have unforgiveness in your heart. It is innate in every human being that we know better. We know better. So how can you manifest? If your law of attraction is not working, it could be this. Let's talk about number four. I want you to examine whether or not you are level jumping. If you are level jumping, you are coming from a place of fear, not love. You don't want to wait. You feel that you're entitled to somehow have a quick turnout without having to put in the character development and the hard work and the integrity and the consistency. So you level jump. And in doing so, you are most definitely trampling other people. You're trampling yourself. You're trampling the process. Let's look at number three. Do you compare yourself to the Joneses? Are you coming from a place of love where you accept your own journey? You're celebrating your journey. You're happy to be on your path. You don't validate it and judge it and measure it based on your paycheck or what the neighbor's paycheck is, or what your parents' paycheck was, or what you were told you, you had to go for a college degree. And, and if you're not using that and making X amount, then it's not worth it. What kind of car did they have? What kind of house did they have? 
What did their kids have? What do I have in the savings? Okay, no, none of this, none of this. Are you looking at fear, which is control and ego, comparing yourself to everybody else? Or are you happy with your journey? Are you rooted, grounded, centered in what you're called to do? Staying in your lane. Number two, I want you to look at how you're programmed. Think about your parents and how they've programmed you or whoever raised you or if you weren't really raised up at all. Where did you get all of those ideas about who you were supposed to be and how you were supposed to function? Not only how were you supposed to attain what you need for yourself, but how were you supposed to protect yourself from the dangers of the world, from other people? What were you taught? What did you learn? Look at your teachers. Look at your schooling. Look at your relationships and what love partners, what friends, what acquaintances have, have told you about who you are? What has society told you about who you are? We're going to break that down in a minute here as well. Okay, but how is that influencing your choice every day to tip toward love or fear? And number one, do you always need to be right? Because you're ashamed of being wrong or you're ashamed of failure. Where the heck did that come from? How long are you going to carry that baggage around with you and get nowhere? So you need to be asking this. Do you always have to have the last word? Are you incapable of taking a risk? Are you incapable of stepping out and boldly trying something new, even if you don't necessarily know what the next step is going to be? Because you have to have a net under you at all times. And because you know you don't have a net, you falsely create one by coming from a place of ego and fear. You may even be the kind of person who tells everyone else, don't do it. That's foolish. Don't believe that. Don't try that. You dissuade other people from doing what they should do because misery loves company. Okay. Are you doing that to your children? Are you always stifling them? Be careful if you fall in that category. We see that so commonly today. Big, big problem. We are now going to break down the solutions, each step, each of these five different categories. Let's talk about the homework, the help, and the suggestions that I have here. So if we are talking about, it was number five, working our way down to number one, right? The lack of forgiveness. So if you fall into category number five, and I think it's entirely normal for many of us who feed fear to fall into like two or even three of these. So if you have issues with forgiveness or you're not sure whether or not you have issues with forgiveness, the first thing you're going to need to do is to find out if you do and then to find out how bad is this. So I'm going to recommend that you take the time to be introspective. Take the time to go into yourself. Now, this does not require a deep state of meditation. You don't have to get an app. You don't need to do anything fancy or go to a training. I would suggest that you put some music on that has no words, that is fairly cyclical, or even some drumming can be nice in like a ceremonial native drumming, chants, anything like that. Anything that's going to go around and around and around, but not influence you verbally. So no words. Or if it is chanting, if these are words you don't understand, that may also work. What we want is some movement, some fluidity. This motion will help you to go safely in, process what you need to, find what you need to, and then come back out. 
All right, you're going to want to sit. I would say maybe 15 to 20 minutes. I find that if people do more than 15 or 20 minutes, they kind of get too far out at sea. And it's really a lot about imagination and over-exaggeration, and it can get uncomfortable. There's no need for that. I would keep a journal, and I would go in for 15 to 20 minutes and ask your higher mind. Invite your guardian angel who watches over your mental and emotional well-being. Invite your joy guide who also watches over your mental and emotional well-being. Your joy guide also oversees your spiritual well-being and your protector guide. Your protector guide watches over all areas of your protection for yourself. And of course, when we're talking about forgiveness and someone hurts you or a situation hurts you, it's good to have your protector guide there to give you that encouragement to work through the process. Okay, go inward and ask for them to show you if there are any areas where you need to forgive, you have bitterness. They will come to the surface, and I would recommend that you write these down. Now, we have a couple classes that can help you with this process. Here on YouTube, we have How to Hate Less and Forgive More. And up on the website, I have a full training that's called Relationships, Boundaries, and Cord Cutting. Now, in both of these, we're talking about alchemy. We're talking about taking something that was negative and converting it into positive. We're also talking about forgiveness and releasing because it's what's best for you and your prosperity. So let's look at number four. Are you a level jumper? How do you know if you're a level jumper? A lot of people take offense to this. Like, I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm a hard worker. I didn't say you weren't a hard worker. There's a big difference here. Level jumpers tend to be willing to steal, to pocket those paper clips from work, to use the machine a little extra, get their copies, steal someone's curriculum. I have that happen to me all the time. They feel entitled to just take my curriculum and go off and open up a psychic school. Do you take credit for things that do not belong to you? Do you feel justified in stealing? Okay, even if it seems small to you, it is what it is. The universe doesn't measure by how many paper clips you took or if you stole, you know, an entire project off your coworker and claimed it as your own. They only know, the universe only knows whether or not it happened. So you're going to have karmic kickback. You're going to see stagnancy or a lack of prosperity, bad juju, bad karma. This is how it goes. Are you stealing? Here's another great question to ask yourself. If you're not sure if you're a level jumper. Are you entitled? Do you have a general attitude of entitlement? How dare anyone ask you to wait in line? How dare anyone expect you to accomplish and earn things? You should just naturally have it. You should be front and center. Do you feel cheated and victimized when you don't get your way? Do you refuse to work within a system that shows respect for everyone? Hmm. Are you impatient? Do you have a demand for instant gratification? And you know that that's not how things work. So are you just constantly peeved and irritated, barking at everyone else, taking it out on your loved ones? You have a spouse who's like a cowering puppy in the corner, just, just always waiting to have you let your aggression out on them again because you are impatient. You never get things in life as quickly as you want them to. If any of this sounds like you, I'm going to rec recommend the level jumping free mini class that we have here on YouTube. Check it out. That will help you through the rest of the releasing process. If you are number three, you compare yourself to everyone else. 
any of the ladies watching this will understand, um, especially if you're of a different ethnic background, that you do not go to the Victoria's Secret catalog and expect to look like those white skinny girls in there and then judge your worth and value based on things like that. We learn these things pretty young, uh, but we are constantly polluted. So I would say, especially women in our society, but there are so many different layers and everyone is affected. All ages, every gender, everyone is affected by this constant dog-eat-dog -dog mentality that we have to one-up the other guy. So whether this is the vehicle that you drive, the home that you own, the way you look, your weight, your clothes, it goes on and on and on. The level of education that you have. And we have to be very careful that we are paying attention to what we're called here to do. If you don't know what you are on earth to do, book a life contract reading with me. We can look at what you signed on to before you came to earth. But people who are living within the path, within their life calling, they have a certain level of fulfillment satisfaction they sleep well they feel they've done good work now others may not measure it that way they may be considered you know peasants and like they don't have anything to show for for their work but they feel good about it they know they're doing what they came here to do money cannot buy that level of happiness money cannot buy that level of peace or power so if you don't have this you need to examine whether or not you are living within your life contract i would also recommend you watch stay in your lane stay in your lane is also a free mini class that we did here on youtube trying to help you to stop comparing yourself to other people it's just gonna suck your energy level out and it's always going to leave you feeling empty now if you are category number two you've been pre-programmed no we've all been pre-programmed the thing is most of us haven't looked at how and i think taking the time over the course of our entire lives to see the areas where we've been programmed to what's the word i'm looking for unprogram this program to journey that it is a lifelong project that needs to be examined on a daily basis but the universe is constantly sending you opportunities to just notice that it's there. So we need to stop and be mindful every day of our lives, probably for the rest of your life, into the ways that you have been programmed and deprogram yourself. This is a lot of work. That's why it's number two on the list. And since we're all a part of it, it's nice that we can learn this from one another. But what you need to do is to, again, go inward. I would recommend 15 to 20 minutes, be introspective, and do this in sessions. You're not going to get to it all at once, but start with birth, what you know of your birth. You're going to have memories probably until you're three, maybe, you know, even four or five. But then start going by those. From birth to where you are now in age, sit and ask to be shown by your guides what it is that programmed you, who it is that programmed you. And what you're really looking for, especially in the earlier years, family patterns, okay? You could do this just observing your family. Back through the last three generations or so, watch for family patterns. Ask a lot of questions about your parents. How did they think of themselves? What did they do with their lives? How did they treat each other? Did the family hold other family members back? 
Is that how they were raised? Is that how they raised you? Is that how you're raising your kids? Pay attention to things like this. Then all the things we spoke about earlier, society, we talked about school, your education, your training, you know, especially anyone who went into the military, that's some hardcore training. You also want with the um, how are you programmed, number two, you want to check your financial status, you know, where are you in society? Did you grow up poor? Are you wealthy? Are you, were you considered, you know, blue collar or were you considered middle class? What was your family growing up and what are you now? What are your goals now in comparison to what you had? What motivates you? Look at your skin color. You're born lighter. You're automatically going to have all of these benefits and bonuses, whether you like to hear that or not. You're born darker. Here come the trials and the tribulations. This is undeniable. It's a fact. So look at where you are in the system of racism or benefit. How is that affecting your programming? Have you been told that you can't have things because you're darker skinned? Or that that isn't what's beautiful? Or that people like you don't do those kind of things? Have you been told that because you're lighter, this is what you should do? This is what you can have? It's going to be easy for you. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's very hard. You haven't been properly prepared. Look also at your education, not only your education, but the education of your parents and your parents, your grandparents before you. Generational, where does the education lie? Now, looking at these key areas, you're going to be able to keep, again, like a journal. It's going to be pretty obvious where the influences are, where the programming has been. And see how you feel about that. Is that causing you to come from a place of insecurity, fearfulness, which makes you want to control everything so that you can protect yourself. You don't want to have that kind of defeat again. Or are you coming from a place of love? You know your power. You know your worth. From inside, you know that you can boldly step out. You're not afraid to stumble and fall because you will get back up again. That's where we need to be. Let's look at number one. Again, do you always need to be right? Because you're ashamed. Let's look at that word shame, okay, of being wrong or of being a failure. Who put that shame into you? So let's look at the solutions there. You need to find out where that came from. Was it society? Was it your parents? Is it yourself? Where on earth did you decide? Who told you that if you didn't achieve or outrank somebody else or have more, that you were worthless? That that was something you should be embarrassed about? Where on earth did that come from? You're going to need to cut that at the source. And you need to tell yourself a new story. You need to allow yourself to write a new ending. And that's going to require that you be bold, that you step out in faith. But once you do it, it is so supported by the universe around you. It's like an addiction. You can't stop. You will eventually learn to only go by faith and love. It's not as hard as it seems. You just have to be willing to take that first step. So to also help you with uh, that part, we have a class up here on YouTube, again, called How to Check Your Ego. That'll take you through the entire process, how to get your ego in check. I would also say, you know, say this to people. Be nice. Here's another thing. Don't be an a-hole. Check yourself every day. Am I being a jerk? Am I pushing people around? Am I being opinionated? Am I bringing people down? Am I posting toxic stuff? If I see something enlightening that, you know, other people people are enjoying it, do I feel a need to come in and just taint it just a little bit and act like I'm just clever? Are you salty? Keep it to yourself. Stop spewing your toxicity out there because that's instant karma too. Okay, you're creating your own problem 
thinking that you're finding others to join you in your misery. You're miserable, do some self-work and close your mouth for a while. It'll help a ton. Help everybody else to progress too, because those that are always the naysayers have never accomplished anything and may never accomplish anything unless they learn that trick in itself. For those of you that are surrounded by people that are naysayers, leave them there. Okay, every time the bus stops, somebody's got to get off. You're moving up to the next level. Not everybody's going to come with you. So set boundaries with people who do that to you constantly as well. And in closing, I just want you guys to focus on why it is that you want what you want. I think that throughout the day, this is the one thing that really works for me the best. Anytime I feel a want or I feel anxious or I notice that I have cyclical patterned thinking, I thought about something three times or more. I start to pull my energy back. I get very quiet and I say to myself, huh, what exactly is it I'm trying to do here? What exactly is it I think I want or need so badly that it's shifting my energy and attention from being centered and peaceful and rooted and grounded and being of service to like, you know, Jojo the circus boy. Like I gotta I got get all, I gotta get all kinds of crazy about it. What the heck is that about? It's very easy to tell because you change emotionally and your actions change. A lot of you may turn toward bad habits like you're, you want to smoke or you want to get a drink or you want to do some emotional eating. Or some people get hypersexual or some people get really irritable with everybody around them. They feel frantic like they get, you know, they're crawling out of their own skin. Pay attention to your triggers. But you need to ask every time you get like that, why do you want whatever it is that you currently think you want or need. Where is that coming from? And be authentic to yourself. Empaths learn to protect themselves. Even involuntarily, they learn to put up a wall, put up a shield and be hyper aware, hypersensitive. So that because we tend to be attacked and research backs that, I have a training called Empathic Awareness. If you go to ivryriveraempathiceducator.com, you'd want to see that training. There's plenty of research that shows that we're attacked by narcissists and sociopaths more than any other group. We track vampires and all kinds of things that want to drain us and snuff out the light, the light which is healing. And we can't stop giving that healing, but we do have to learn proper boundary setting so that you're not becoming fearful and controlling and ego-based. If you are setting the proper boundaries, which I teach in that class, and you are flushing out and cleansing regularly, what you're going to find is that you are more trusting, not of the world around you, let's be real, but of yourself, of your power, and of your ability to control what comes in and what goes out to be more mindful and purposeful with the energy that you're sharing with the world around you. So once you get that power back in your hands, there's no need for this fear and this ego. I think a lot of people identify with that in a million different ways, especially for those of you, I just want to say this, this is just, I'm just hearing this from spirit. You know, those of you who have been cheated on or you've been in a relationship with a narcissist or a sociopath or something like this, you know, you've, you've dealt with like a bad marriage and abuse or parental alienation or triangulation in your family, you know, things that come in systems that really wipe you out for long periods of time. And those, those beatings become wounds that are buried underneath 
what you think is going on in that in the day to day. Go through this process that we talked about today. Take your time and understand that the healing process is not direct. It's not A to B. It's not a graduation. You get a certificate and it's over with. It's normally like one step forward and then some stagnancy, right? And then like another step forward and sometimes even two steps back. And then another step forward and you think you've dealt with it. And then a year or two later, it resurrects itself again. And there's more under there. That's okay. Be patient with the process, but give it the time and attention that it deserves. And know that the key to you really letting go of all of this is having confidence in two key areas. That is confidence in yourself, that you will identify it, that you will spot that type of abuse, that you won't allow it to happen again, and that the universe has got your back. And now that you're listening to the universe and you're not coming from a place of fear and ego, the universe can talk to you more. You could pick up on those signs and warnings in the event that you were to ever miss anything. It does get easier, but we have to work with the process. Jill's remark about stopping herself as soon as it pops in her head. One of the biggest issues that I see with my clients and my students is that they spend too much time in stagnancy procrastinating on just making a move in the right direction. There's too much time like mulling over these bad habits. And the way she said, I stop it immediately. So when people say, yeah, but how? Yeah, but how? How do you replace a toxic thought or a toxic feeling? But how? And I say, stop it dead in its tracks. And they say, well, easier said than done. Well, then you've already lost. You already chose to throw in the towel. You were choosing failure. You would prefer to be a victim instead of the hero in your own life. And what Jill has decided to do was to say, nope, I'm claiming it. I'm taking responsibility for it. It is up to me to do. No one's going to come in and rescue me. I'm going to stop it dead in its tracks. I'm going to replace it with something else. And that's all that's required. And again, it does get habitual. It will replace, because we're just human beings. Everything takes about three weeks. It will replace, if you're consistent, the old bad habit soon enough. Good for you, Jill. Mm. I love that. Whenever you're stuck dealing with people um, who are you know, coming from a toxic place, it affects the energy level in every way. So sometimes we can see an accumulation of paranormal activity. Sometimes we can see an accumulation of mental health issues or, or even health issues. I can't prescribe or diagnose. Sometimes we'll just see a general lack of prosperity. And I'm talking about for everyone involved with this person. So let's say it's you, your spouse, and the kids. Everybody would have the same effects. Unfortunately, when we get deeply entangled with others, we do pick up on their karma, their juju, like attracts like. And so you've gotten embedded with someone who hasn't learned to own their energy. And so, yes, it will absolutely affect these areas of your life. If you try to fix this person, you're going to quickly realize that that can't be done. And so the solution is always to work on yourself. If you have, if you feel inclined to try to fix somebody else or teach them or show them the way, the only way to do that is through your own example. You just work on you and your prosperity. You're going to have to put in extra in those areas. And eventually you're probably going to reach a point with 
your partner where you have to say, we got a little problem here, okay? One of us has a growth mentality and the other one doesn't. And you can't have one of each in a functioning day-to-day -day relationship. So he will have to work through that. Yeah, you're not going to be able to stay with that indefinitely. You need two people with a growth mindset in order for a relationship to continue to grow. Tell yourself a new story. And that seems to pretty much sum it all up, right? That you have to remember that you are the writer of your own story. You are the narrator, you know, you're the designer. You will say how this is going to twist and turn and what ultimately you want to have happen. We have destiny charted future. There's no denying that things are fixed in the stars, in your life contract. Some things will happen and they cannot be manipulated. But regardless of those situations or free will situations, when it's not written, you could do anything regardless of which it is. Every single opportunity that you have comes with your influence, your free will to do with it what you will. And we really want to look high, not low. I will also say this, 2021 is going to be a huge year. And I think that's why Spirit wanted me to do this right now. 2021, astrologically, numerologically, we were talking about this in church the other day, right? And then on our 2021 show uh, with Christina Del Rey, it is a huge year for benefit. It is also a huge year for the power to switch from the hands of the wealthy into the the poor or the struggling or the marginalized. So we are going to see the tail become the head and the head become the tail. And if you don't get on board, you only get your cut. you got to get on board. You really want to wake up and shake up at this point. Okay, this is the great awakening. Now is the time for change. It is here. And go get it. Go get it. But you're going to have to let go of some of those old toxic habits that, that we all use to protect ourselves. Thank, Thank you, you, Spirit. Take care, everybody.